growing up with my amazing grandparents and witnessing their 50 plus years of marriage and being around all my cousins and singing family and people that nurtured uh, or the cousin that nurtured the poetry inside of me um, is just knowing that I wouldn't be here without so many people that helped me along the way. And I really feel free. Episode 81 with Tariana Ball and Norman Spence of Tank and the Bangas. Welcome to the Institute of Black Imagination. I'm your host, Dario Calmis, an artist, writer, brand consultant, and generally curious fellow. And each week we bring you a conversation from the pool of Black genius to inspire, engage, and help you unleash your own imagination. In today's episode, we're joined by Tariana Tankball and Norman Spence of the Grammy-nominated Tank and the Bangas, a band hailing from the vibrant, swampy, and swinging coastal town of New Orleans. They've been wowing audiences since 2011 with their eclectic fusion of funk, soul, hip-hop, and spoken word. Today, we explore their dynamic journey from open mic nights to Grammy nominations, diving into the inspiration behind their genre-blurring music. They won the NPR Tiny Desk Contest, which to date has over 13 million views. And if you haven't seen it, well, not to induce FOMO, but you really are missing out. But don't worry, we'll link to it in the show notes. But that's not all. We also delve into the power of manifestation, the differences between hoodoo and voodoo, and how words can really shape your reality. To date, they've released three studio albums, Think Tank in 2013, Green Balloon in 2019, and Red Balloon in 2022. Now with two Grammy noms under their belt, you kind of get the feeling they're just getting started. Also, a note, the audio quality of this episode gets a little bonkers as Norman's headphones begin to fail and Tank's cell phone dies, but, you know, it's all a part of the journey to becoming, so we left it in. Don't forget to share your thoughts on today's episode with us over on Twitter and Instagram at Black Imagination. And for the latest news and exclusive content, like, I don't know, getting a sneak peek at upcoming guests, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter linked down in the show notes. And if you love what we do and want to support the show, also, there's a support link down in the show notes as well. And this and more dope content is over on IBI Digital at blackimagination.com. Now... Join us on this enlightening and entertaining conversation with Tank and the Bengas and tap into the world of Black imagination, where dreams become tangible. Okay, Norman and Tariana Tank Ball, welcome to the Institute of Black Imagination. I am, first of all, I can't even believe that we're in this conversation. Um, (laughs) I discovered you all years ago, completely fell in love 
with your performance on Tiny Desk. And to be here in conversation with you all is a, a real dream, a real dream. Um, so welcome. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Institute of Black Imagination. Thank you. Thank you. Honor to be here. So to start, who would you like to dedicate today's conversation to? Never dedicated a conversation to nobody before. I don't know. Uh, maybe I, maybe we could dedicate it afterwards because I don't know where it's gonna go. Who's who, who? Maybe who is in your head, right? That you're just like, this has been an important person in my life, and I would like to have their spirit present with us today. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's um, Norman. Yeah. You can answer that. That's cool. Um, you know, and then I, I know they don't have to be not here with us anymore, but I could use that. My great-grandmother, she believed in me when I was a little kid. She even thought I could sing, paid me to. And what's her name? Lola Spence. Lola Spence. Lola Spence and um, the the image in Tank's head. Uh, Today's conversation is for y'all. So to hop in, Norman, Tank, what's exciting you right now? Ooh, changes of life are exciting. Tour is exciting because we haven't really done that in a while. Um, everything. Kids about to be in Detroit for a while. You know, we got ideas on the back burner that are really cool that we need to execute. Um, it's new music just floating that we not that we gotta finish. Um, got some cool stuff coming up. Some cool uh, compil—not no, compilations. What do you call them? Collaborations. <laughs> and um, you know, life is good. Straight bus, man. Really can't complain. We could probably do it, but it's easier. Well, I ain't gonna say easier, but it's um just as feasible to count the blessings. I told somebody you can count blessings. I mean, count problems all day, but you can count. I mean, all you could count problems forever, but you could count blessings longer. And we're a blessed band. I stood outside the house that we own and took a selfie with the van and the house in the background. Like, dang, we're a band that own property and we got tenants. You know, we got, we blessed. We blessed. Straight up, it's exciting too. So I'll take that. How about you, Tank? Uh, I guess the same. It's kind of excited. It's hard to be excited about anything today. I'm very just like, whoa out. You know, just like, oh, not a good rest last night. Rehearsal, just like getting it in. It's very, very busy with the band and outside of the band. So the only, but if I speak of, you know, things to be excited about, besides tiredness and excited about a nap, it's like... Uh, <laughs> The poetry that's been created and the music and the ideas that are in my head that I know are going to come out and be and really bless somebody. I think that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, well, let me tell you, it has been a blessing to me um, for sure. There's one right here in the audience for sure. Uh, so 
so take us back to this process of you all coming together down in New Orleans. Uh, you know, we we met up here at Harvard, and I heard a little bit about this story. Uh, you all kind of playing in a lounge down in New Orleans, kind of open mic, I think. What, what, what was happening down there? Are you the other person that was honored at Harvard? Yeah. I didn't even realize we, that was you. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yo, that's my sister, yo. I swear to God. That's so funny. Yo, Donald was the one that got up and he... I know like, he was honored, too. But no, We won an award together. That's crazy. <laughs> he got he on his hat. You know, it's hard to see people with a hat on. He the one that broke down the, the people that I were behind know, Harvard's no, you library, have, yo. No, you do not have to break it down. All right. The moment he said Harvard, that's when it connected for me. I love you, girl. <laughs> I love you. What's that's up? <laughs> I probably maybe I should have said that. Maybe I should have said that. You know what I mean? I know. I'm look. I'm looking mad casual today. Yo, um, how you? Normally, how you, I'm out here. You said, how you stunning. doing today? Sure. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm actually still up here. That's what's up. <laughs> so good, so. <laughs> so so take us back like you guys are is it was a liberation lounge am i getting my yes is that right yes what, what was that process of you guys coming together how'd you all even meet i want to take you back further oh god oh. right quick right quick <sighs> i ain't gonna say too no. much because norman going to that story every detail no, of every detail no no Dari, why you asked us that no because <laughs> everybody asks us that who don't ask us that <laughs> so how'd you go so look first i never start here but tank and tavia were going to suno together but they didn't know each other at suno uh tavia is our manager tank was performing at pass it on because she's a part of team snow they were a award-winning poetry group, and they still are. But she just, you know, she moved moved on. But Pass It On was another venue that Tavia's sister went to and saw Tank and came home and told Tavia about Tank. Ty had to do a project and wasn't really no poetry. I think she might have been a 911 operator at the time or something else. But she came because she was a student. She had to do the project. She saw Tank was impressed, asked Tank to write a poem for her. She got the poem tattooed on her thigh right now. Since then, um, Tank, Tavia and Tank, you know, weren't really friends, but they, Ty was sending st inspirational messages out. Tank hit her up one day. Tank, can you tell us part of the story? Because, I mean, you tell it back. No, Norman, because you're going way too far back. No, we just finish open mic me. At Liberation Lounge. No, man, you met there, but you and Ty is, Ty is the, reason, yeah. the, only, the only reason this thing going right now. Please help. Anyway, I'll do it. Tank was working at IHOP. Tank, Ty sent out an inspirational message. Tank told her boss, I'm not emotionally here today. And she was like, what do you mean? She was like, you quit? And she was like, yeah, I guess. Hit Ty up. He said, you want to go to the movies or something like that. I think it went. Anyway, Tank told Ty eventually after their friendship started, she wanted to do a, she wanted to do a CD for her friends or whatever. Here come random me. Ty ain't no manager, but she doing this thing to help her friend. Tank says she want to bang. The guitarist at Liberation Lounge, which was one half of the Black Star Bangers, 
that was the house band at Liberation Lounge because it was Black Star Books and Cafe. She got, she started working with Amari. He like, look, you need a bass player. So that's the other dude, Black Star Bangers. That's they band, they rocking with Tank. I'm playing with another artist. I only been in the city for about a year and a half at the time, maybe two years. This artist is performing at Black Star Books and Cafe. I meet Ty. I felt like I met Tank Ty and Josh that night. We got cool. They were coming to Tanya shows. Tank told me she needed a keyboard player for, I think it was an album release or something after another show. She was doing Undercover Over Lover by Erica Badu, keyboard player that she had. He make beats. So he really wanted no keyboard player. So I showed him how to do it. I told her, I got you on the next one. And I've been rocking ever since. Josh, we all kept coming back every Sunday. We formed a group called the Liberated Soul Collective. <sighs> Jazz Fest asked for Tariana Tankball and the Black Star Bangers. You know, some people moved away to Philly. Some people moved away to Europe, you know, all kind of stuff. The group dismantled and it was tanking the Black Star Bangers from then on for a while. The bass player, you know, left. He was over the band. Like his company was the umbrella. So old Savvy was over the tanking the bank. Well, tanking the Black Star Bangers or whatever. He left and I got on bass. We changed it to a LLC, you know, called Tanking the Bangers. We shortened the name as much as we could and just kept on moving forward through the poetry circus, kept on until it got that bigger stuff. And, you know, we was playing for small crowds. We won Afropunk um, and that and just kept on going. And then Tiny Desk happened. We had I didn't have a clue how big it was. The only one I seen prior was and no T-Pain. And a keyboard player, and he had no auto tune. So I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. You know, I grew up in church. We didn't grow up listening to NPR. 7600 and 1400, <laughs> and maybe some 88.9 on Sundays. But it has been a catapult since 2017. I can't believe it's been six years now, legit six years since Tiny Desk. That's crazy. Um, I'm going to hold for one quick second. I think we lost Tank. It's so crazy. <laughs> like we go on a tour. It's so I know she probably overwhelmed like everybody else because we gotta leave in like two days. And there's so much. Mm. There she go. She back. Y'all, my phone went dead. I, I told Norman not to do that long story. <laughs> oh, that's what killed the story. Oh, I had a limited time. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. You know what? You know what? All right, I take that. I take that. But I think I got it all out. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 Tank, so there is, you have a way with words. When, when did you first discover that it was the word? The Ooh. words were an avenue to your own self-expression. Very early on, maybe about 11 or 12, because we always used to write. My sister and I used to read her um her diary a lot. I have no business doing that. But it was her poetry. It was really her poetry, her, her diary of poems. And so she encouraged me to write, you know, and I used to just read her stuff, memorize it and write on my own. And, and I realized very early I had kind of a mature voice because I would always talk about stuff that didn't have anything to do with me. Um, so that kind of imaginative in that way. Uh, then after that, it just it just took on a life of its own. It's just a part of me, like my arms. Mm. 
how did you like what is what does that feel like when you're writing and the reason i uh, let me let me kind of undergird that question there are some of us who from a very early age have the ability to connect with something much greater than us whether or not we're aware of it mm. for you what does that feel like and as you grown as an artist how do you relate to that connection mm. let's see it was so many words and now i forgot the question Dario. i forgot <laughs> Lord. That baby need a nap. <laughs> that baby need a nap right now. <laughs> okay, let me make it a simple question. Being one who had access to words, mm-hmm. words beyond your years. Yes. As you've grown as an artist, how do you look back? How do you reflect on that gift, that ability? It just feels really important uh, to give feelings words because feelings don't always have words and feelings and um people don't always know how to express themselves but they could feel a lot but they don't know how to say it so it feels like a gift to be able to be someone to to transcribe that for some Mm -hmm. people you know like i don't know how i feel but here are the words are i'm feeling this by myself but this is how i feel right here in this song that's why these words and music is so important and and it let me really know that with the world it was important because those were the things that really caught within the community. Like black folk had such a viral moment. Roller coasters were so special on Tiny Desk. DM Pretty is a poem that just had such a great viral moment on TikTok. And those are all poems. So I was like, oh, there's some there's something there that's people catching on to. And I and it's really special for me to 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 harness it because there aren't a lot of famous modern day poets that's like killing it because rap is so it's all about rap right now and it's all like a song a singer but like a young poet doing their thing is it's like they they could definitely promote it more i'll just put it like that yeah yeah i want to chime in right quick and i mean of course you asked her how she felt about her gift and looking back on it i tell you though um she she left out some other she she brought out the part that was recognized by a lot of people, but individuals have hit us up behind poems like Human and um, Instructions on Being and so many others that she just, this is way back 2013, she was pinning this stuff out. Uh, Even Hands, it's like I'm putting perspective, like she really is being used by God on the slate. Not knowing the real, like just to do something. I don't even know if she know how big it is. I mean, not to diminish her perspective, but I can remember when she you know if she wanted to do this. <laughs> I know she's certain now, probably, but it's like spiritually, man, it is so deep and rich. All we see is the work and where we want to be. Oh, we got to get lights. Oh, we got to get another trailer. You know what I mean? But when you look at what's actually happening to people on a uh, spiritual and metaphysical level is a beautiful thing and um that's what i would see when i look back yeah wh- what you know and 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 tank take us back to like 
young Tariana, what are the biggest lessons your parents taught you? Mm, probably like watching who you build a life with. No, I think that's really important. Cause paint a paint a picture, yeah. Well, my mom was with her, like her first love from high school, and um, they had like a lot of children, and my dad really wanted to be a singer. And because he wasn't able to fulfill his dream, he died really early. Kind of um, his pancreas burst because he drank a lot of, because he abused alcohol and he was diabetic. And that's because of unfulfilled dreams. That's one for sure. And number two, you know, my, um, my stepdad, my mom married later on, you know, he just wasn't like the greatest to the kids. And then sometimes not always the greatest to her. So I just, it's just like partnerships, you know, that's what, that's what I would think that they taught me. And, and how do you, how do you process that now looking back? Hmm. I mean, like every other relationship your parents have, they the blueprint. You try to literally follow it and unfollow it all at the same time. Mm. Don't you think? It's the first relationships you saw. You learn how to argue from these people, how to communicate, get along. So it's uh, it's it's quite a map. How about yourself, Norman? That's interesting. Um, she is absolutely accurate with all that we have to learn and we'll unlearn and relearn. And it was a lot of good. I know they did the best. You know, you grew up in a religious environment. I want to say Christian, you know, I was well, speaking for myself because Christ ain't moved like a lot of people. Well, they grew up, they was Christian. No, they listen to me. No, I'm, I'm speaking, <laughs> speaking for myself and I'm probably speaking for you. You just don't know it, but hear me out though. Because the reality of how Christ was and the way he loved and the way church people move, it's a difference. And when you look at the history of the churches we grew up in, we all grew up Catholic. You even look at who Muhammad's granddaddy is. Muhammad's granddaddy is St. Augustine. <laughs> it's, we, we, growing up in a religious environment, it's a lot to unlearn and relearn, but I did see love. I did see people genuinely trying to please God. I saw a lot of integrity, even when people were mistreated from my dad. My grandparents, you know, were excellent examples. My granddad, my grandmother still to this day, my granddad gone, but she said she could never get a decent argument out with this man. She tried. She was an East Side Baltimore chick, and he was a North Carolina Delaware boy. But he would laugh when she tried to go off. <laughs> yeah. Just seeing somebody love somebody so much through all their bullshit, you know. My even my grandmother on my other side, my grandparents on my other side, hearing the stories. This man kicked this lady crabs. She <laughs> never drove. <laughs> he worked all day trying to please this woman. So I learned love in that regard. You know. Do your do your best for your family, all that type of stuff. But um, and they were good values. I also learned not to care about brand names. Young, I used to because we was we have a lot of money. I learned a lot about my friends being able to afford stuff because their parents was on Section Eight and my dad worked. So when I came to school with last year's clothes on or shoes from the summertime, you know, I might have to get jokes. I had to develop hands and jokes. You know, helped me. And well, I'm gonna tell you a funny story. 
Asked him. Uh, no, don't tell no, the funny stop. story because he actually asked me a question. And, then he asked, and you went in on <laughs> and it. And he just asked and me didn't a ask you a question. You, really, you fell asleep when he asked me a question just now? You fell asleep, didn't no, you? No, he asked me that question. You said, I'm going to come in and say on it. And then he People's said, Norman, how really, about you? The Catholic action. Then he said, Norman, how about you? And I'm saying, I didn't ask you nothing. You took my answer. I'm you glad took my you're back woke. Dario, can you repeat <laughs> the question to me? I feel bad. I feel bad for this young man on his phone. <laughs> he fall asleep on us. This right is now. this he is really a, asked me a question. This is amazing. Interrupted. That's all. It's okay though. Boy, you interrupted me. Okay, that, that <laughs> happened in the last question or the last two questions. Oh, ago. look how he just regarded me. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I didn't mean to, uh, you know, interject on your question. I'm glad you got me back just now. But can I finish? This is a really beautiful example of relationships at work. My sister and my the sound is getting really warped right now. I don't know if it sounds like that on your hold, hold hold on hold on one second, Norman. Yeah, the sound is doing something strange. Um, well, I can't charge. I heard them say they were dying, and I can't charge. So I'm, I'm I hope I just get a little closer. I hope the audio quality isn't horrible. Yeah, my granddad told me that if you heard it. And I got a job. Me and my brother, we got a job. And we were buying name brand clothes trying to keep up. We were like South Pole and Nautica and all that. We were hitting the, <laughs> hitting the rack. But um, my dad was like, I don't understand why y'all work so hard and spend so much money to get another man's name on your chest. <laughs> I wear white tea, black tea every day. I don't care no more because the reality is the people that I spend so much money trying to keep up with everybody else and hip-hop really them people don't know me or care about me and i look good with cheap clothes on so i'm chilling <laughs> <laughs> you know this is interesting first of all tank's phone died then your headphones died i think this is like an electronic metaphor of like y'all just working right like this is where y'all batteries are <laughs> right now like this is where your internal batteries are it's like we're kind of working but it could peter out at any second um but a slight pivot so why i was super excited you know to have you all on is when i see you all perform when i listen to these albums there is a type of joy that you all bring to the stage that i feel like we don't see often, right? We And we definitely don't often see them, you know, in black spaces. Like, I feel like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's like black folk don't get to play, you know? Black joy is um, In public. That's real. That's you know, we don't get to play in public. And that's something that you all really bring, you know, through your wardrobe, through your energy, through your music, through your mix of genres, right? Like you're not, like you're taking it seriously and you're not taking it seriously, right? You take yourselves very seriously, but like how you all exist in space is just extremely present and full of joy. Like, you know, and then we also just spoke about, you know, these two very different, but also, um, you know, through one lens, um, perhaps challenging childhoods, Tank, and then you can follow it up, Norman. Where do you all source your joy? Well, 
just because I learned certain things from my mom's relationship, it doesn't mean that I didn't have like a really awesome childhood with amazing big older sisters and playing it and nigga knock (laughs) 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 and, you know, riding bikes all night, just having just a, a, a truly, truly wonderful time. I think all our parents' relationships affect us this period. Um, but joy just comes from the memories of living right around the corner from a theme park and having friends, you know, that I had a great time with and seeing love early and growing up with my amazing grandparents and witnessing their 50 plus years of marriage and being around all my cousins and singing family and people that nurtured, uh, or the cousin that nurtured the poetry inside of me. Um, it's just knowing that I wouldn't be here without so many people that helped me along the way. And I really feel free and I just bask in that mm-hmm. every day, really, mostly. Mm. Norman? See, you know, she ended right there, that, that, that freedom, man. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. I remember just dreaming about doing what I'm doing right now, dreaming about was saying out loud, oh, I want to go to London because Common got a line, or Slum Village got a line all the way to London to my nigga Common house. It's like, oh, we want a house in London. I want a house in London. We done been there. 20, in 2015, we was living in London for two, three months. You know, um, but Glastonbury Festival, Coachella, uh, Bonnaroo, it was a dream. Like, even when we, we don't, we about to do Jazzy Summer Nights, I was dreaming of doing stuff like this then. And it's in my face. So that's gratitude off top. So I guess my joy really comes from gratitude. Knowing I used to do cable. I used to do satellite. I used to work at a cement plant as a machine operator. I done did mechanic work. I done did all kinds of stuff, street signs. And I'm doing what I love. I was dreaming. I was beatboxing on my phone. Most of them jobs are humming because I got music in my head. And now I get to just write songs. And it's still flow. It's still just flow. And it's, I'm grateful. So that's, I guess, joy in not working a nine to five and knowing that God is using me to do something that's bigger than me, bigger than I thought it was going to be, bigger than we really understood. And I think that's the reason why we don't, we don't versus the mothers. You know, that's way harder mm. for us because we know who we work for. Mm. I love this idea of manifestation. And Tank, you, you, spoke a bit about this on um, Sway in the Morning um, when you guys performed there. And if I'm recalling correctly, and I'm definitely paraphrasing, you, you said that in a way you manifested this, right? Like you knew this was coming. Was oh, yeah. that was you. I said it a couple of weeks before we, well, a little while before we did it. I wanted to freestyle. <laughs> but when I got that toast, I said, man, I said this is going to happen. And we up in here. And we was really on the Sway show. Oh, but I thought, but I, th- I, 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 I thought, w- am I wrong, Tank? Because I thought it. that, because I, I thought you mentioned this, right, Tank? Um, I just mentioned that I wanted what I have now, which is, you know, mm. like the band and everything like that and just speaking things into existence, writing it out and calling it out and it just magnetizing itself to you. I told Sway that it felt like this was the beginning of something really special. 
remember saying something like that, like if it was like the first time or something, like it was felt like a, yeah. a turning point. Yeah, because you were you were you were mentioning starting off, you know, essentially by yourself, but knowing that you know the collaboration was needed, right? Like you were like, I need this, and like this arrived, and I needed this you know, I needed a keyboardist, right? And this arrived. Like, how do you view the power of like manifestation and its connection to words? Um, just like that, you speak <laughs> it, you just say it, you work for it and it'll, it'll come to you. Um, and if it don't come to you, then it's probably really not for you. But that's how it work, really. I tell everybody about it. They call it the secret but it's really just speaking things that you want into existence. and But you just can't sit down on it. You know, you can't hope that the dishes get washed. You have to work. Mm-hmm. What is your, like, do you have a, a process of, like, how do you do that? Like, you, you personally, said, like, do you, you write Dario, it? I can't tell you all my witchcraft. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know you're from New Orleans, so. <laughs> you better stop. <laughs> you crack open the spell book just a little bit. Read us from page 73. <laughs> <laughs> Tina! No, I'm just playing. No, it's not none of that. It's none of that. It's, it's really speaking it. It's not like a specific process of writing it down. It's just speaking and thinking on it, speaking on it, and speaking on it. The key is to speak, to be thankful for it like it already yes. happened. That, that's, that's the, the key. part in the Hebrew Bible that's not in the regular Bible. Mm. Well, for, for, I want to I wanna talk a little bit, because I was on Instagram the other day, and then, uh, Tank, you popped up giving us a lesson on hoodoo and voodoo. Uh-huh. I told you about the chicken mm. foot just now. <laughs> what 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 is your spiritual practice? What how and uh, what is your uh, how, what is your knowledge of these two? Actually, could you just explain to us hoodoo and voodoo? Um, voodoo is more like an organized religion. It has its priests and its you know things like that. And um and hoodoo is more like what you got in your kitchen cabinet. You know that we about to bring on a healing. Um, like a conjuring, you know. So I didn't know it. Was, I didn't know the difference of it until I started to talk to the women of it. And what I practice personally is just faith and belief in God, something bigger than beyond myself. Not a particular religion like I grew up with. I do believe that religion likes to divide. You know, oh, they got they like it. Oh, we do it over here, different over here, and but we do it different over here. Uh, it really is probably it's designed to probably one God. It <laughs> probably really is one. I think we'll find out all the truths when we um have our final day on earth, we'll find out all the truth that we need to know. Mm. And, and just to kind of double, like, uh, double back on, on your uh, manifestation recipe uh, about you know, being thankful and believing that it already is, um, you know, the way, we're very similar in that way, where if, you're, if there's something right that you're after, um, it's not ever the thing, right? It's it's actually not the thing. Um, it's the thing that you think 
will give you the feeling. So what you're actually after is the feeling. Like you don't want the sports car. You want the feeling that you think the sports car is going to give you. And it's about aligning with that feeling, right? Like, and once you get there, you know, bringing your vibration up to that level, then the actual manifestation has no choice but to show up because then you become a match to it, right? But it's actually revving yourself up to that, to the vibration of the feeling of 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 that emotion. Um, wow. But wait, Norman, are you are you outside yeah, right now? Man, are you about to light yeah, up? I could do it inside. I just ain't, you know. I wanted to. Oh no, I to no, I love it. But if no. the wind is a problem, is it is it still too windy right now? Uh, no, I was actually trying to do a really smooth segue, um, but you. Know. <laughs> I want to mess the segue up, you know. I was just trying to grind real right quick and listen and tune in to all this, man. Because you got you dropping some gems, man. Like I don't, I I believe stuff gonna happen and all that, you know. Um, and I listen to people talk about manifesting. I mean, obviously, I manifested some things, but just revving up to revving yourself up to the feeling, not the thing, but how it'll make you feel. That's sounds pretty vital, and that's something to practice. Um, even feeling worthy, you know what I mean? That's another thing. You're saying some stuff, and it's just got me thinking right now. So I said, let me come sit outside. Yeah, go stay outside. But what's what's beautiful about that is that you then realize that you actually don't need the thing. Because all you were really after was the feeling anyway. That you thought the thing would bring you. And it's about aligning yourself with that feeling and then then the thing doesn't even matter. And because it doesn't matter, that that's actually when it arrives. Um, but since you're outside um, and about to uh, light up, I pulled out some lyrics, if you don't mind, friends, um, from Green Balloon. Tank, you, you have an, uh, an interlude called Too High. And I'm going to read some of these lyrics just to catch the audience up. And and then we have a little conversation about it, or or do you or would you like to? Oh no, I do your thing. Okay. Uh, so yes, I used to be getting high every day, smoking a little roach, having me a good little day. You know what I'm saying? And then I started to feel very guilty because I wasn't doing no work. Because I would equate getting high with feeling guilty. And every time I got high, I felt an immense amount of guilt. Could not enjoy the high anymore, right? I could not enjoy it. I started getting paranoid. I would call my family every time I got high. I probably still do. Just because just because I just feel fucking emotional. I'd just be like, hey, sis. Hey, ma. On the road and shit. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> It's funny to hear somebody speak. Yo, when you first started, it was so hilarious. I was like, we do respect. <laughs> Smoking a little roll. <laughs> Having me a good little day. And then he his like, voice. It's so funny. I used to be getting high. Yes. <laughs> you funny. <laughs> but Jake, what was, what was, what was, what was, like, what was your relationship to getting high like in this moment right like what what was it giving you access to and and how did you how are you reconciling it right um, as a part of your creative process 
I just really don't anymore. I really don't be. It's it's two things. Uh, number one, I don't. I really don't want anything. I don't want to be addicted to anything. Um, I was doing it every having my little roach every day, and I don't feel like I'm above getting addicted to it because I was. So I don't want to go back to that place again. I don't want anything to hold um, that particular type of power over me. I don't want to be. I don't want to do nothing every day like that. Um, and I also feel like I have enough of my own vices. Like I love to eat and chill. I'm not. I can't add drinking and smoking to that as well. Like what type of life you trying to lead out here? So that's that. And then the next thing is, um, the good part about it is that after you go through all of these emotional cycles of wanting to call your mama and feeling bad and coming down on yourself because you're not working, and then you come to this place of empathy and feeling even close to God and close to your emotions and and creative in a sense um and emotional um that's a and and just like a realization but in order for me to get to that place I have to go through all that ugly stuff so I just rather not be high at all <laughs> mm. how long ago did you stop oh years that was years ago, probably around like, and I wasn't somebody that go and roll up some weed or go buy some weed. I never was that person. People around me smoke their weed and I just go eat and I'm just going to smoke their roaches they left behind. <laughs> like I'm never about to go buy it. <laughs> and not anybody roaches like my, like my boyfriend's roaches no, like at the time. So it that, like, <laughs> no, oh, you wish, you wish. Lies, lies. So lies. It, it wasn't like a, you know, anybody's, anybody can you get it. It just was his leftovers, but yeah, that's a no. That's a no, no, no. And and what did you notice in your thought process afterwards, like after you stopped? Just I, I want to be above the influence, above the influence, because I know that I think I would have never, ever, ever, ever really tried it if my boyfriend at the time wasn't so influential and just. Really, you should try, try, and of course, and being on the road, you're like, I should try it once as an artist. You know, I'm on the road with everybody else, Yikes. but I, I want to be <laughs> above the influence. You know, I'm like ab- above that. You know, what I'm saying because I, I I hang around a lot of nerds. You know, my band members are nerds, and they all wasn't always smokers. I think that they influence each other with it, and I just don't. I really want to be above that. You know, it, influence my own self. You know, so. So much has happened, right? Between, you know, 2013 down in New Orleans, you know, winning Tiny Desk, hey, shout out, 2017, uh, to meeting to meeting me up here at Harvard in 2023. What has this chapter of your life your lives been like and how do you maintain a sense of self when the eyes have grown? Dario, I don't even want to talk about this chapter. <laughs> Dario. Bro. I don't even want to talk about this chapter. Like this it's a lot. The thirties are a lot like with your friends dream chasing. It's a lot, especially since every year really gets bigger. It really, it really does in this camp, you know. Um, so 
it's a lot of changes, a lot of growth, growing pains too. And um, so that's that's all I would really say about this particular chapter. Of life. I was like 26, 27 when I met you. I'm 39 now. That's crazy, yo. All right. This chapter, oh my God, the growth has been phenomenal. Um, the challenges have been extraordinary, right? But to have peace in the midst of the chaos or what has broken many, oh man, I feel good. I feel good. Honestly, you know, just back to the herb, um, I thank God for creating certain things, you know, even aside from weed, you know, I got, he literally sends medicine out of the cracks of the ground and we cut them down and spray weed killer on them. Uh, cheese weed, good fault, with stomach ulcers and some other stuff. Um, dandelion root and dandelion, you already know, is phenomenal. A list, a long list of stuff. This great for anxiety and some other things. And I'm not blaming this for my smile, but um, I'm grateful for it. You know, a little coffee helped me get up in the morning, shoot, <laughs> you know, and um, I'm grateful just to be able to communicate with the most high. That keeps me grounded, knowing that I probably don't deserve what others have worked harder for that I walk in freely. You know, um, I'm grateful and just honored to be alive. My dad, you know. Got beautiful children and brilliant. I don't know. I ain't got no words for real. And um, I feel good about even with all I don't have that, you know, I want. I can't even say I need it because I'm living without it. You know what I mean? And we good. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to talk about things that we deserve and don't deserve and kind of what other people have done and not done. Um you know, at the end of the day, <clears throat> you know, our life paths are our life paths yeah. and we just walk into, walk into it or we reject, reject it. Right. Um, and they're each one of them is our personal responsibility, our own personal karma, our own, uh, yoga, right. Our own way of growing. Um, and it's different for everybody. And even though it may be tough, I actually want to double tap on some of these challenges the reason being is one i think there's deliverance in it um and you know because people people see the flash right they see the joy they see the beautiful you know outfits and the incredible music but people forget that there are human beings behind that and you know even in asking this question it may be selfish because i have experienced the same right like 2020 it was locked down um i became the first black photographer to shoot a cover for vanity fair and overnight my life changed that was and so overdue that's crazy <laughs> so crazy but it's no. typical though it's crazy crazy typical because it's just what happens it's crazy and it's so but you, know, but you know but but you know like but i didn't have anybody to go through that with because we were in lockdown right so now imagine 
having your star rise night calls media right and there was there was i had to go through this transition by myself right the wrestling myself in my own internal growth spurts um you know beating myself up um for not doing this maybe not doing that not being that but then also knowing that i needed to show up in a certain way right cuz i represented something to people as well and that's real and so you know for me like as this is also where you all are right and continuing like a double tap on who you had to become who you are having to become in order to meet what is set before you mm. a double tap on huh? I, f- I feel you on it's that it's real man that's where that's where that's real. I mean that's honestly evaluation. the the the, hmm, the opposition <laughs> is really just proof to go the fact that there's something um they're saying uh well I shouldn't it's like nah go hard just because it's saying why you can't and I mean you know I've been throwing in some waters like I play a few instruments you know I DJ and I just jumped out there but it's some other times you know I do it for the team but when it comes to showing up for myself I don't always do it and um that's the thing I don't even know what that is Tank. Yeah, you definitely have to there, you know, showing up uh for what's called for you. You know, that's that's big. That's big. You um cuz we give we get where we are right now just by showing up not even 1 million percent more of who we could be to ourselves and for each other. We could definitely show up like uh, even more brighter bigger you know like this is truly the most important job in the world because the other ones they don't even involve saving souls for real and, and curing depression and um you know just being a part of people's childhood like all these and, and putting real positive messages in um in youth and adults alike it's important it's a pretty important it's job. a privilege too it's like we really blessed to get to run it you know the way we do and to get to talk about how we went for it and knew we were helping people so we kept going and it worked it's like you got a purpose attached to something and it happens or it works out and it seemed like the more and more we realized well me personally I couldn't figure out why people was coming to the shows over and over and over and over. I'm talking about the same people in this city right here. And I'm like, oh, they tripping. Then you see a couple of them. You know, I remember one in particular. He, he was crying in the back of the club. I'm like, dude, what's wrong? Who died? He like, nah, man, it was a good show, man. I'm like, you know, saying this a bunch of times. It's the same show. He like, I was just touched, you know. I'm talking about Ayo Tank. This is Gaza Gaza years ago. I'm like, all right. Then, you know, the Tiny Desk thing happened. And, you know, you hear a couple other stories like, I but then Tiny Desk thing happened. This one chick, man, she was crying hard. It was a few people crying, but this one chick, she was bawling. I'm like, who died? And then come to find out she was touched or whatever. 
the chick that won Tiny Desk the year prior had got to a million around the time we won. We got to a million a month later. I'm like, God, what's going on? He said, they're not coming to see y'all. They're coming to see me. He said, y'all touching hearts, but ain't none of y'all never seen a human heart. Um, he could use anybody. And, you know, we really chosen. And um, settling into that, and it seemed like the more and more that settles in is more room for gratitude and grace and even growth, man. Like, um, just he, anybody could, anybody could get it. You know what I mean? Whether through, uh, life happening to you and you got to re-navigate or, you know, um, death, you know what I mean? So it's a privilege to be able to serve people and serve God in any capacity, especially one you really love. I think we all call it to do what we love. A lot of people just scared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a level of surrender involved um, in that. So I I actually want to. So uh, we'll start with you, Tank. What is the world that you imagine for the future? Oh Lord, without AI, hopefully it's getting too wild out here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, put down the phones a little bit more. Probably pick up some more books and have some more better human interaction. All the things that I'm talking about are probably not going to happen. Honestly, it's probably going to get worse. And that, um, I don't know, children can't listen to trap until they like, I don't know, like 21. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody got to listen to nothing but the, be- but the stylistics and the Delphinics and Minnie Ripple 10. And um, Luther Vandross and um, and Kirk Franklin and the family. That's all you can listen to. Twenty twenty one. That way, that you at least have a good moral compass and good ground to stand on before you go and think about shooting up the club. Oh, okay, Norman. What's the world you imagine for the future? <laughs> wow. Well, straight up, um, black people, the original people on the planet, and we was the first ones to have a relationship with God. Other, we out of position right now, and we perpetuated another 400 years of slavery and been enslaved over and over because we don't pay attention. He want relationship and want to direct us on a play-by-play where we ignore him. So I hope everybody could just look within and find the direction or even look in the word because it's there, even though some words and commas been moved around, it's still enough there for us to live a full life and walk in peace and love towards each other. Um. Amazing. Well, I just want to acknowledge you both. One, just for the incredible work that you all are doing, you know, showing up full of joy. And, you know, like you said, Tank, rewriting our childhoods, you know, rewriting our childhoods and creating the kind of memories that we all deserve to think about, right? That should be your um, question I, to your future guests. If you could rewrite your childhood with some things that you would change. That's, that's a good question. Geez, <laughs> that's crazy. Kaniqua, write yeah. that down. Yeah. Um, you all have an amazing, amazing uh, interview, rehearsal. I don't know where y'all interview. off to. Um, but, but also tour. Um, where can people find you? How can they connect with you? I'll read some cities they right quick. You can definitely quick. go on Tank in the Bangers 
everything is tanking the bangers the website.com the instagram is tanking the bangers that's the handle you can find the tour dates on our website as well as some of the coolest artists merch out there so find us and, and we'll see you on tour yeah we're we hitting the east coast so um if you're on the east coast definitely make sure you look like right now all right you all have a blessed day ciao you as well you Thank too you, peace. all, all right. right peace These two crack me up so much. Um, thank you all so much for joining us on this enlightening episode with the Institute of Black Imagination and Tariana Tankfall and Norman Spence of Tank and the Bengas. I feel like we really got a behind the scenes peek into the hard work of becoming. Share your thoughts with us over on Instagram and Twitter at Black Imagination and leave us a review over on Apple Podcast. That really helps out the show. And be sure to check out this conversation and others over on blackimagination.com and the Institute of Black Imagination on YouTube. Tank and Norman inspire us to embrace purpose, find inner peace, and to seek joy whenever possible. Black joy is indeed a form of resistance, a joy that the world didn't give to you, nor can it take it away. Until next time, stay curious and keep dreaming. <laughs>